Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell and I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I am the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs and I've been in business since 1994. All right, today I'm going to break down the exercise of the chest press or bench press and variations of that. For those that have listened to this podcast for a while, they know that I did that with the squat a while back. So if you enjoyed today's, go back on to your Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to this podcast and try to find the one on the squat. I like doing these. I think it's important to really understand what we're doing when we do certain exercises. So I will get to that in just a minute. Before that, let me thank our sponsors, Jonathan and Lynn Gilden at the Gilden Group of Realty Pros. They currently have over 275 star reviews on Zillow and they are absolute pros. They can find you what you want and that is pretty tough out there. I mean, there's a lot of things out there, but you want somebody that can really dial in what you're looking for and they have a staff, they have a team and they are the best at it. I will put all of their information in the show notes. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the famous bench press or chest press and I'll explain the difference. First off, whenever we are working out, our body moves in different planes and it moves with different joint actions. And when we work out, we should always be thinking about a major squatting type of motion, a major hinging type of motion, and that is where you poke your butt back behind you and kind of drop towards the floor, hence in the way of a deadlift. I didn't explain squat because I think you know what that is. There should be a major pulling or pulling, different types of pulling exercises. There should be major pushing types of exercises, and there should be some form of rotation. So if we think about really dividing our workouts up that way, it really helps us. And then there's a variety of exercises we can do in all of those major actions. All right, so today I'm going to take the horizontal push, all right? The horizontal push. That can be done in the way of a bench press. That can be a machine chest press. That can be done with dumbbells and do a dumbbell chest press. That can be done on a cable machine and doing cable machine chest press. And it can be done with your body weight doing a push-up. Ultimately, it's the same joint actions. But I wanna break down like what make what may make one better than another. First, you're using your pectoralis major, all right? So your pectoralis major is the primary muscle group in the chest press, which only makes sense. It's called the chest press, right? So that movement is called shoulder adduction in the transverse plane. Don't let all that, you know, confuse you. Transverse plane just means that the load is more on your back, essentially. So in other words, you're on your back and you're pushing the load up, so you're fighting gravity that way. When you do a chest press machine, that's done for you, but that's what the transverse 
plane means, all right? Now, shoulder adduction means that you're bringing your humerus, which is your larger bone of your upper arm, inward to you. That's what the pecs do. Try to do that now as you're sitting there. So the arm is actually coming out to in. That is the pec version of the chest press, push-up, bench press, all right? Then your anterior deltoids or your shoulders are involved and they're doing what is called shoulder flexion. And ironically, in the other room I hear Big Jerry benching right now. I can always tell when he's benching because the weight is clamoring around and uh, he works hard at it, all right? So the anterior deltoids do shoulder flexion and that means that the humerus is actually being brought up. So think in the form of a chest press or a bench press. So your humerus is coming in, right? That's from the pecs and it's moving up a little bit. That's from the deltoids. And finally, the finishing movement in a chest press or bench press exercise is done by the triceps and that is called elbow extension. So it's your triceps that actually lock your arms out. That is elbow extension. All right, so there's a lot going on in a chest press. That's what makes it such a great exercise. You're working your pecs, you're working your triceps, and you're working your shoulders. And that doesn't even count the antagonists which oppose those and the stabilizer muscles which help those and the antagonist muscles, I already said that, that oppose those, and then the stabilizing muscles that hold you in place. So there's a lot going on. But just with the three primary muscles alone, there is a lot going on. All right, so those are the muscles involved. Now it's important to understand whether you're doing a bench press, whether you're doing a chest press, whether you're doing a push-up, whether you're doing dumbbell chest press, whether you're doing cable chest press, whether you're doing decline chest press, incline press, chest press, or mid-level incline chest press, you are working the same muscles. All right. There is a slight little variation when we change angles, but it is so slight. You essentially are working the same muscles. So what makes one better than the other? Last night I was, um, as I was falling asleep, I was doing what I shouldn't do, which is scrolling around on social media to try to make myself tired. And I know that's probably not a good way to do it, but I noticed a guy, um, actually I can't even remember if it was Instagram or Twitter now, but they posted something about the top 10 favorite dumbbell exercises. And I looked at that and I thought, Oh, that's pretty cool. You know, top 10 lists are pretty cool. And of course it was largely this fellow's opinion. I like this guy, by the way, I follow a lot of his stuff. So ultimately that's the key. There's a lot of opinion involved. What is the best chest press version for someone else may not be the best for someone else. All right. For someone versus someone else, it may not be the best. You have to decide which one is best for you. And that can change over time. And there absolutely can be multiple versions of a chest press that you enjoy that you like to use. The first thing is what do you have available to you? Do you have everything? I mean, I'm very fortunate here at my um, personal training gym. I have a hammer chest press machine. I have a Smith machine I can do bench presses on. I have free weights so I can do bench presses. I have dumbbells up to 50s so I can pretty effectively do chest press with dumbbells. And I have a cable machine. And also I like to do push-ups sometimes. So 
I have a full array of different ways to do chest press and they all have benefits. So, you know, what is best for you? It, it might depend. Let me go through some of them. So take a, a chest press like a hammer chest machine or a Nautilus chest press where it's selectorized. You're sitting back and you're pushing the weight out. One of the benefits to that is it's very safe that you have the weight already in position. You don't have to hoist the dumbbells back to you and then worry about like um, setting them down awkwardly and notice the way I phrase that because in big gyms, people just slam them on the ground, which is extremely irritating. But in any event, you don't have to worry about that. You also don't need a spotter on the machine. So that's a plus, right? So you can really target those pecs, triceps and deltoids without having to worry about a spotter and worrying about hurting yourself so as much um, or that risk has been uh, greatly decreased. One of the negatives may be the fact that you're not using as many stabilizer muscles because your body's essentially being held in place by the machine and you don't have to worry about grounding your feet as much. You don't have to worry about trying to keep your spine straight because the machine is doing a lot of that. With dumbbells, we call that an isolateral motion because it's essentially one side at a time and you're laying back. Now you're using a lot more stabilizers to keep you effectively on the bench. So that's an advantage. It's uh, an advantage to say you're isolating the muscles better on the machine, but you're using less total muscle on the machine. Now, a barbell bench press is cool because then you can evaluate against other people because most people know what other people bench and there's been all these standards done and data done and you can go back if you've got the books, which I do, and see what some of your age bench presses and all that. I mean, that's great if that's what you're into. So that will satisfy that ego and competition a little bit side of you. Um... The downside is, is that you don't always get the same range of motion you can get, say, with dumbbells because you're stopping at your chest. There is also the need for a spotter if you're training to fatigue or training a little bit heavier. Um, I can remember being a kid in my garage when I was 13 or 14, maybe even less than that. And I got my first bench press and pretty much that's all I knew to do with it. It was my first little barbell set, but um, I pretty much just benched because that's all we ever did. And I got it stuck on my chest. No one was home. My mom was at work and um, in my garage and probably like 100 pounds or somewhere around there. And I had to do the old infamous roll down the chest, which I just saw somebody do on Instagram the other day. And I was thinking to myself, I hope they're recording this because if somebody else is recording this and not helping them, that's pretty sick. But in any event, in an open gym, I don't understand how that happens so much. But in my garage, I understand it. And the answer is I was stupid. I was bench pressing over my head, like as far as weight goes, probably heavier than I should have. Got stuck and I had to roll it down my rib cage. Surprised it didn't break every rib and then somehow get it off of me. So we need a spotter when we bench press. That's kind of common sense, right? So that's sort of a disadvantage. We don't quite get the range of motion that we would with dumbbells. We don't necessarily get that with the machines either. 
But, you know, we have the ego and also the simplicity of having barbells. Barbells are a lot cheaper than selectorized machines. One chest press machine is going to cost you anywhere from $3,000 to $4,000. One barbell set is going to cost you a lot less than that, and you can do multiple things with it. So there is a cost advantage and disadvantage as well, which we do have to think about whenever we're selecting exercises. So dumbbell advantages, as I said, the disadvantages are you have to kind of get them in position if you're training heavy enough, and that could be a little precarious on the joints. You know, there's a smart way to do it, but maybe we don't know that. And there's a smart way to set them down. Again, maybe we don't know that. But in any event, that's sort of a disadvantage. The advantages are you really get great full range of motion. Because you're training isolaterally, you can bring them down actually below your sternum and get a lot deeper stretch. So that is a huge advantage. The other advantage is they're very portable. You know, you can take dumbbells anywhere. You can um, only have a few different pairs or sets at your house and be able to work out with them. I mean, you know, if they're not heavy enough, you're going to have to do higher reps and all that, but still they're very, very portable. So that's a huge advantage for them. And then we can go to push-ups, which is the body weight version of a chest press. And what's so funny is I have this conversation with people often about body weight exercises. They're often dubbed the easiest, and that is so not true. Body weight exercises may be among the hardest to do. Think about this. You're essentially using 100% of your body weight whenever you do a body weight exercise. Now, if we want to get technical because the way the body is positioned on your hands and toes and the arc you're on, studies show that you're actually using 70% of your body weight when doing a pull-up, I mean a push-up off of your toes, off your knees, it's even less. Now, for most people, most people, they really can't do 70% of their body weight on a bench press. I mean, not adults really, right? Kids practice it, you know, can do it, but it's still hard. Strong people can do a lot more than that, but they have to get there first. So to do an effective push-up is a lot harder than people think, all right? So it's not the easiest, and I hate when people say that with their kids. The easiest machines, the easiest, <laughs> just gave it away, the easiest exercises, strength exercises for kids, prepubescent kids, is actually going to be selectorized machines and dumbbells because then you can use a very low percentage of body weight for them. The downside, of course, is, you know, that most kids aren't allowed in the gyms without their parents. So then you're getting them memberships or whatever. So I get why body weight exercises are so used for most people. We just have to understand that kids have to develop the strength before they can do them. And adults do too. They're not easy. Downside the push-ups. If you are strong, you're not going to be able to get stronger if you can, say, crank out more than 20 or 25. The reason is, is because strength training is meant to be anaerobic. That means without oxygen. That's the energy supply system that's regenerating the ATP. If we start to get aerobic, which is basically after 90 seconds or so, then we're really not using the fast twitch muscle fibers anymore, which are the ones that get stronger. So push-ups are a great maintenance exercise for people who are already strong and they're great for building endurance and they're great for feeling better and movement and they're great for people that haven't 
really develop the strength enough to be able to do 20 or 25 at a time because then they are anaerobic when they're doing them. But for those that can do more than that, they're going to have to find a way to add load, which can be done. There's bands you can put under your hands. Um, if you have a friend that can put a plate on your back. So there are ways to do it. Um, the obvious advantage to them is the portability factor of them. You can do them anywhere and they're a great supplement to any exercise that you're doing. Another way you can utilize push-ups if you have the strength to be able to do a whole lot of them is you can pre-exhaust an exercise and do a push-up. So in other words, you can do a fly exercise, which is the primary or isolation exercise for the pecs prior to the push-up and fatigue the muscles and then go right into the push-up when the pecs are already fatigued and you're going to be able to fatigue them just like you would if you did a chest press or a bench press or dumbbell. So there are ways to utilize the push-up. Which is best? If there isn't a best, it's what is best for you. And sometimes it changes. I find that some people say they don't have any shoulder pain or elbow pain when they use dumbbells. Some people feel like they do have shoulder pain when they use dumbbells and don't have any shoulder pain when they do the chest press. So it really varies. Um, now, most research indicates, and I don't want to scare you away from it because I think the bench press is an absolute fantastic exercise. It's, it's a great exercise when done properly. It's not a good exercise when not done properly. But if you look at the research, most research will show that the bench press can be the most damaging to the rotator cuff. All right. Now, again, do not want to scare you off. I want to explain that research. It's the same motion as all the others. Okay. Here's my theory. People get their ego involved on the bench press that they don't really get as involved with their ego on other exercises because it's harder to measure and they start going heavier than they would have on other exercises and they let their form go because they're so hell bent on trying to improve. That's what I think. Any exercise done in poor form or too heavy can cause a little bit of damage and the too heavy because your form is bad. Like there's nothing there's nothing harmful about doing a very, very heavy exercise in good form. I hate when I hear that. Hurt myself because I got it. went too heavy. No, you didn't. You hurt yourself because your form got sloppy. That's why you hurt yourself, not because you went too heavy. So, you know, I just believe that the ego gets involved on the bench press. Does not have to happen. If you know yourself, though, and I'm kind of like that. I'm, I'm guilty. Guilty as charged, you know. Um, I'm calling you out because that's me because I know if I start benching then all of a sudden I'll think well I used to do this I used to do that and I love this stoic quote that says comparison is the thief of all joy <coughs> excuse me isn't that the truth boy that choked me up not literally um, but that's a great great quote there and you know I'll compare myself to past days and say man I used to bench this next thing I know I'm compromising my form to try to get closer to where I was and I could hurt myself. So, you know, I will essentially shy away from it for the most part and use other exercises where I don't do that. And that's just knowing yourself. But the bottom line is there is no best. All right. And again, use multiple ones. Lately, what I've been doing is I've been using a lot of the hammer chest because again, 
it's I can go pretty darn heavy on it. I don't need a spotter. I mean, heavy for me, you know, and heavy, heavy really is defined as like lower reps. That's really what heavy is. So like I can go around six reps or even lower than that. And that's pretty darn heavy and safely be able to just stop when I want to and not have to uh, manipulate the weights up and down and I don't need a spotter. So I've been doing a lot of that and I've been doing a lot of dumbbells because I've always loved dumbbell chest press and um, push-ups I always do. So that's what I've been doing more of. But again, I'm sure I can rotate around and I always do. And uh, that was a lot of fun. So before I wrap this up, let me thank our second awesome sponsor, chiropractic physician, Dr. Doris Antos. And I noticed that she just had a birthday and man, she looks phenomenal. Looks phenomenal. Obviously somebody that takes care of herself and you have to take care of yourself so you can take care of other people. And she does a wonderful job at both. She is on Granada Boulevard in Ormond Beach. We referred to her. I just referred to her the other day. Somebody said, hey, I heard the name on this, the podcast. Do you really like her? I mean, and I'm thinking, come on, man. <laughs> it's like, come on, of course. I mean, I'm not going to take on a sponsor I don't like. So anyway, yep, she's fantastic. And all of her information will be in the show notes. Until next time, be Max Fit, be Maxwell. Well.